Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. We're talking winners and losers from week one of the NFL season next on Fantasy Football Today in 5. Welcome to FFT and 5, where week one is almost finished. I can't talk about Sunday Night Football because Adam Azer has it DVR'd, and appear- apparently he is a guy who doesn't like spoilers. So <laughs> we won't mention anything from the Cowboys-Buccaneers game. Maybe we'll talk about that one tomorrow. But honestly, that was an incredibly fun week oh, one. Yeah. Especially if, like me, you'll love seeing incompetence at the highest level because <laughs> it was a really weird, especially the 1 p.m. game, just a ton of missed kicks and botched snaps and almost had two t- ugly ties. It was great. It was so much fun. We're going to talk about winners and losers from week one. But first, let's quickly go over the injuries that you need to know about. And there were a couple that could be pretty insignificant for fantasy. Najee Harris left his game with a foot injury and I'm I'm of multiple minds on this because there were the reports that say it wasn't as serious as it looked, which fair enough. Although depends what you mean by how it looked. If you thought it looked like a, se- a season ending injury, a three week absence could be not as serious as it looked. He was in a walking boot after the game. So we don't know anything except for those details. It's not a season ending injury, but given the fact that Najee Harris missed time in training camp with a list Frank injury, I'm pretty concerned about this. And then we also had Elijah Mitchell, who had surgery in the offseason for a knee injury. Not clear if it's the same knee. Not clear if it's the same foot for Najee Harris, to be clear. Um, But Mitchell left with a knee injury. So I'll ask you, who would you rather target in week two on waiver? I think these are going to be the two biggest guys. Jalen Warren, who played every snap after Najee Harris left the game. Or Jeff Wilson, who I believe played every snap after Elijah Mitchell left the game. Right. I can think of more reasons not to like these guys than I can think of to like them. So that should probably tell people, especially if you're in a fab league, just how much you should be spending. My initial reaction is Jeff Wilson. He played four games without Elijah Mitchell last year, and he had a pretty significant workload in in at least three of those four. I think he had a game with 19 carries. He had two Mm -hmm. kind of bad games. He had two really good games. But he is a guy who has shown that he can do it. But again, I mean, there's so many negatives. You've got Debo Samuel, who's probably going to lead them in rushing or come close. You've got Trey Lance, who could take away rushing touchdowns. And then for the Steelers, they always use just one guy. And yeah, I would assume it would be Warren getting the first crack, but I have no idea what he would do with that. They don't have a good offensive line. They don't have a good offense. So it's like a pretty bad offense today. Right, exactly. So like Harris might be able to overcome that. I don't know that Jalen Warren can. We've seen, you know, times when it's been like Benny Snell or McFarlane hasn't been worth it. So I would say Jeff Wilson would be the guy because at least I've seen him have success in the past. I do prefer Warren, but I think that makes sense. And I'm not sure either, unless we find out that one of these is a significant long-term injury. I'm not sure either one of them is someone you break the bank for. And then worth noting, Keenan Allen left with a hamstring injury, T. Higgins with a concussion. Allen plays on Thursday, so he's probably not playing. I think he he said he had a very small chance of playing when asked after the game. So Josh Palmer... Not going to be more than like a top 36 wide receiver. I would think right around wide receiver three to four, but he did have 17 PPR points the last time Keenan Allen missed a game last season. So, you know, he'll be an interesting guy for next week. Let's move on to the winners and losers. We'll do one each. 
And I'll start us off with Antonio Gibson, who kind of looked like the guy we've been screaming for him to be the last two seasons. He got, you know, it was like 15 carries. He wasn't all that great in the rushing game, although he didn't fumble, which is nice. But he ran more routes than J.D. McKissick. He had multiple downfield targets. He had seven catches for 60-plus yards. He had uh, 23 air yards. It was the second most he's had in an NFL game. I think Antonio Gibson, as long as Brian Robinson is out, is going to probably be a top 15 running back. And there's a chance he's just a solid RB2 even when Robinson's back because he's probably going to split carries. And I think he might just be the passing situations back when Robinson's healthy. So I really like what we saw from Antonio Gibson today. Adam, how about you? Yeah, Cordero Patterson, you know, before uh, Damian Williams left with an injury, it's worth noting Patterson got the first carry. Williams got the next two. So I don't know what that game would have looked like if Tyler Algier had been active, if Williams hadn't gotten hurt. But for Patterson against the New Orleans Saints, you know, I actually haven't seen this stat, but I'm sure I'll read about it. The only team in like the last four years or three years, something crazy to have a hundred yard rusher against the Saints has been the Eagles. I think they've done it twice. And Patterson just ran for 22, uh, 22 times for 120 yards against the Saints. It's just not something that you see guys do very often. I could be a little off on that stat, but you get the point. It was a really yeah. impressive performance. I'm going to call him not only – I'm going to call him a winner for sure because I was telling everybody to sit Cordero Patterson. I had no idea what to expect. I'm also going to call him probably right now my favorite sell-high candidate. I don't think he can keep this up. I don't think he's a good running back. I don't think they want him to be an every-down running back. This was a career high in carries and a career high in rushing yards for Patterson. So this is the peak of his value. But that doesn't mean you have to sell him. Uh, he could be someone that you could use at least for the short term, and he definitely is, is a winner today. All right, we'll move on to losers before we close out the show. And my biggest loser on Sunday was someone who I had as the number three running back, Alvin Kamara. He was really disappointing, had just three catches for seven yards, ran the ball nine times for 39 yards. It's an 11.8% target share, and that's just not going to get the job done. Last season when Jameis Winston played, Alvin Kamara had a 21% target share. But Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, and Jarvis Landry weren't there. Those three guys combined for 20 of Wilson of Winston's 34 targets. So I just, I'm a little concerned about the passing usage, especially, you know, I don't think Alvin Kamara is ever going to be the 85% snap share guy as long as Mark Ingram's healthy. But if he's not getting five to seven targets on a weekly basis, it's going to be pretty hard for him to be that RB1, let alone the elite guy. I think he still can be. I'm not going to write him off. You know, there were some... I think there was a game last year where he didn't have a target or he only had one target or something. So I'm not going to write him off yet, but this was definitely concerning. How about you? So you don't think my Elijah Mitchell, Alvin Kamara, Dawson Knox team is going to win this week? Uh, no, probably not <laughs> going to work out for you. Uh, my big loser is Trey Lance. I'll keep it short and simple. Don't drop Trey Lance, but you certainly cannot start him until you see him play well. Uh, just if it's on your bench for a good game, so be it. But you have yeah. to see it. And Garoppolo sits there and looms, and they just lost at the Bears. I know the weather was bad, but this was really concerning, and he looked terrible in the preseason. So please do not drop Trey Lance. Do not panic, but you have to sit him until further notice. Yeah, you, you want to give him a mulligan because the weather was so bad, but the problem was he was bad in all the ways that he was bad in practice by all accounts. And he was bad in the ways that he was in training camp. He was missing high, especially on his throws. That's been a consistent theme for him. So that's a concern. Trey Lance just might not be a hundred percent ready. Although you like the 13 carries, you know, he's going to run the ball when he's out there. So it gives him a nice floor and ceiling up the passing gets there. All right. That's going to do it for FFT and five. We'll be back tomorrow with our early look at the waiver wire. See ya.